Hello, and welcome back to episode three of Climate Talks with Callie. This episode is part two of the factory farming issue, and today we're going to be talking about the possible solutions to the environmental issues that KFOS produced. So if you haven't listened to part one, I strongly encourage you to do so before listening to this episode. And so um, last episode, I really talked about um, how KFOS are really... um, harmful to the environment among other issues and then at the very end I mentioned um, a system that I ran across that could be um, not only a help um, to these issues but possibly a solve Um, and this system is called regenerative farming or regenerative agriculture. Um, So a quick definition of this is regenerative agriculture focuses on the natural harmony of an ecological system with plants, animals, and insects working symbiotically. In return, it is self-regulating, natural, and works with nature instead of against it. And so these farms are typically much smaller than a CAFO would be, um, and they have a variety of crops and animals on the farm. And so this is a big contrast from CAFOs or factory farms or even just traditional um, crop farming because... um, it is a bunch of different animals, insects, uh, plants all in one system instead of just, you know, a monoculture or just one species of animal. Um, and this can be helpful for a lot of ways. Let me get into it. Um, so last episode, I talked about the problem of the large amounts of waste that cavos have and produce. Um, and so regenerative farms have less animals. So Um, There isn't as much waste to deal with, obviously, Um, but also these uh, farms can um, use the waste of these animals as fertilizer for their crops without becoming a threat to surrounding communities. And so you might might think like, oh, well, why can't CAFOs just use their animal waste um, for fertilizing uh, uses? And I had the same um, thought. And what I actually found was that sometimes they do, but most of the time it's just... um, way too much and um, way too much than for what they need and for what they can use. So a lot of times um, this waste actually goes into holding ponds um, where it's it's just a very unnatural um, way of storing this waste and it ultimately can seep into the groundwater supply or um, other ecosystems or even other communities. So um, it will definitely be a large solve to that issue. Um, Additionally, air and water pollution would be less harmful in regenerative farms as well because of just the more natural landscape they're on. They're not, um, they're not inside in these concrete um, buildings, Um, and it's just a more natural way um, for these um, animals and crops and insects. Um, That just won't be much of an issue anymore, as and it's also um, in smaller concentrations as well. Um, So what I found to be cool was that this farming style produces not only biodiversity, but healthy soil, better water quality, and it's just far more resilient um, to the impacts of climate change. Because if you think about it, um, you know, having all these animals and insects um, and plants just working together, um, it's just more of a natural um, way, um, a natural system anyway. So um, they kind of work together. And are just more resilient against possible storms, um, anything that can um, come its way. Whereas 
Um, you know, if if an illness were to affect a cow in a room of thousands of cows, then there's a high probability that it would be a lot less resilient without the use of, you know, heavy um, antibiotics. Same goes for if um, a pest were to get into a crop field of the same crop, you know, there's not much you can do except for heavy uses of fertilizers um, to, or not fertilizers, uh, pesticides to prevent that. Um, whereas these regenerative farms won't need these fixes, they'll just um, be naturally um, more acclimated to um, avoid these situations in the first place. Um, so, that's, those are some reasons that they can just be um, less environmentally um, hurtful than CAFOs and factory farms. But um, in order to make this movement as effective as possible, it has to be widespread um, to replace the current output of CAFOs. Because um, although it seems like a wonderful idea, and it is a wonderful idea, um, without you know, lots without a movement, without um, government assistance, um, it will be really difficult to um, replace CAFOs as they may have, they have a ton of output. Um, and there's a lot of demand for meat. And so it's, it's definitely something that we need to talk about. And so I'm going to kind of uh, shift into um, the economic side and how we might um, combat these claims of that. Um, Regenerative farms are less efficient and CAFOs are more efficient. I'm going to talk to you why um, they're actually more efficient if they were on a widespread scale. Um, so first, regenerative agriculture actually increases farming productivity in the fact that it is self-regulating and does not require as many costly solutions, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier with the use of heavy machinery, pesticides, animal, animal, an, oh, sorry, animal antibiotics, and fertilizers. Um, and as I was doing my research, I came across this cool um, aspect of the self-regulation that can be used on these farms uh, called rotational grazing. So under rotational grazing, only one portion of a pasture is grazed at a time while the remainder of the pasture rests. Um, and so this can be um, really helpful in a multitude of ways. Um, the first one that I think is really interesting and compared to um, just farming as we do it uh, now, typically, um, is that it, it can increase the quality of the soil. Um, so a big issue um, in the United States right now is um, the decline in soil quality just because of it's done in an unnatural way. Like every season it's, it's tilled and the same plants um, are grown and there's no cover crop to, you know, increase that soil quality. And so um, there's becoming less crop yield and yes, uh, less um, nutritional value in these crops because of this soil. And so it's a wonderful fix for that. Um, also, there's not a large need just for rotational grazing. There's not a large need for fertilizers as this grazing prevents uh, or preserves soil fertility. It naturally tills the soil, decreases weeds and etc. All of which allows the farm to save money on the outside solutions and be as, as efficient as possible. So they don't even have to think about, you know, fertilizers or, um, you know, even like tilling machinery as, um, these, while the cows graze, they 
and naturally till the soil. So just there's just a lot that comes into play that you don't even realize. Um, that can be that could with these self-regulating um, farms. That just, it's just super cool. Um, additionally, uh, CAFOs um, actually import animal feed, which is usually low quality and just low quality food that um, is not actually natural um, for uh, cows. Uh, just with the sole purpose of fattening, fattening up their animals. So the feed is grown in an outside source. It is then harvested and transported and then bought before it is consumed by the animals, as opposed to regenerative agriculture where most of the mineral needs uh, can be met by just the pasture alone. Um, this will allow for an essentially free and natural feed for the animals, which would substantially eradicate costs for animal feed on regenerative farms. Um, and then, so outside the, the farm itself, a strong economic benefit regenerative farms have is that the money made from the farms would stay in the communities, the surrounding communities, instead of going to distant large corporations that um, the CAFOs or that own the CAFOs. So with um, regenerative agriculture comes a large qu quantity of small farms that are individually run rather than large CAFOs run by a few corporations. Um, so this will allow for the money to stay local and for the farms to be run in a way that is beneficial to the community. Whereas um, the communities that have surrounding CAFOs um, can just suffer a lot of negative effects um, instead of positive. So lastly, um, I think the biggest point and the point I'm most passionate about um, is that regenerative agriculture lessens future environmental costs because it diminishes the effects of climate change and creates more sustainable food sources that will last long into the future. The regenerative farming system has integrated sustainable practices um, that will not only benefit us now, but will really benefit our future. Um, I found a quote um, that stated, cheap food is expensive for the people and the planet. It keeps us locked into an unsustainable food system uh, that costs the global economy significant amounts of money. And the current, the current price of food does not factor in the health bill generated by unhealthy diets or the cost of land degradation and biodiversity loss. Um, so it's kind of disappointing at the fact that we will pay for the price um, in the future for the environmental mistakes we make now just for cutting corners and for making things cheaper. Um, and it's crucial that we uh, adopt these sustainable farming, farming systems um, immediately to prevent the environmental costs from worsening. A sustainable farming system will not only lessen the pollution and waste from agriculture, but it can even reverse some of these devastating effects. Um, another quote I found uh, that stated, Regenerative agriculture leads to healthy soil capable of producing quality, nutri nutrient-dense food while simultaneously improving rather than degrading land and ultimately leading to productive farms and healthy communities and economies. So I think in the grand scheme of things, um, uh, regenerative farms just have so many positive effects that outweigh um, the positives of CAFOs. Um, and I think it's something that we really need to consider um, as food is such a crucial part um, of everyone's life, I think. Um, and it's it's something that will never go away. So 
I think as we move towards our future, we really need to also move towards um, a future that will sustain um, sustain the environment and sustain us. Um, so I'm really passionate about this, and I hope you got uh, something out of um, what I was talking about. Definitely try to support. Um, what you can do is you can, you know, support this movement. Um, when you're buying meat, um, be cognizant of where it comes from. Try to buy local um, and from just, um, you know, good farms do your research as, lo- as well as with crops and anything else. Um, but next what we have is I have an interview um, with, her name is Kayla, um, and she's a climate educator and I've just... Um, I've seen a lot about um, her passion about food and eating, and just um, I've interviewed I interviewed her about her story, um, and she has a lot of interesting facts to share. So I'm really excited. All right, so thank you. Okay, so I have Kayla with me today, and she is going to answer a few questions about just sustainable eating and consciously eating. Um, that can be, you know, helpful to um, combat the factory farming crisis. So um, the first question for Kayla, just tell me about the beginning of your journey with conscious eating and what made you decide to go vegan? Okay, yeah. So I was always kind of that kid that, like, I hated when my dad went fishing because it made me upset that he was, like, hurt the fish. (laughs) I get it. Um, So when I was in high school, I went vegetarian. And then when I went to college, I was vegetarian. And it's actually a really funny story. I had Mm -hmm. a creative writing class that I had to write an argumentative essay for. And I had to write it supporting a viewpoint I didn't agree with. And I wrote it about veganism because I uh, was just like super uneducated about the dairy and the egg industries. And I was like, cows like just make milk so like it's stupid that people wouldn't eat dairy and then I wrote this essay about this viewpoint I supposedly didn't agree with and like went vegan overnight after doing all the research and learning about it so yeah I've been vegan for seven years and it was like ethical at first and then when I did the essay I kind of did it in four parts about the treatment of animals and then the environmental impact and the health impact, which are two things that I knew nothing about. So yeah, I feel like most um, people don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually um, looked up some, there were a few facts that when I wrote the essay were like, oh my gosh, I like can never unknow this. So I looked them up so I could get the numbers right. Um, But so 5% of water consumed in the United States is by private homes and 55% of water consumed in the United States is for animal agriculture. Right. Which is insane. insane. Yeah. And one pound of beef takes 2,500 gallons of water to produce. Yeah. It's I just I like that last year and I couldn't believe it. I still don't believe it. Yeah. It just like sticks in my head and it's just one of those things that you can't unknow. So like just doing more research and learning more and more about mm-hmm. like the fact that another <laughs> I'm a fact person but 82% of starving children live in countries where food is fed to animals that grow food to feed animals and then those animals are eaten by western countries wow yeah so the idea that like we're growing food we're taking up so much land to grow food to feed our food when like mm-hmm. the food that we're growing could feed like 10 billion people 
Right. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of like learning all of that. I was just like, these are all things that I can't know. And I've been vegan ever since. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense, especially in a, you know, a country that's so based around like meats and dairies. It just doesn't add up. But right. Yeah. And the idea that like, so few people are surviving on that when so many people could survive on plants. It's just blows my mind. And it's better for you anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, leading to that, what foods do you eat to substitute like the nutritional value of animal products, like, you know, like proteins or stuff like that? Right. Yeah. So protein, um, I love tofu. I think tofu gets mm-hmm. a bad rep. It's just, it's one of my favorite things to eat every day. Um, and then like soy milk, chickpeas, lentils, nuts and seeds are all great for protein. And then there's so many fake meats out there, which aren't necessarily healthy, but if you're looking to have less of an environmental impact and less of an impact on the animals, I mean, you can (laughs) splurge on fake meat versus eating like a quarter pounder or something. Yeah, totally. And then I know calcium is a big thing too with dairy Mm -hmm. products, but there's so many like tofu, kale, broccoli, chia seeds, like so many foods Mm -hmm. are really high in calcium and I think something a lot of people don't realize is that the nutrients that they get from eating meat is from the meat eating plants oh yeah that's interesting so if you just cut out the middleman and eat the plants yourself then it kind of like I think that kind of gets lost in people that they're only getting those nutrients from meat because the meat is eating the plants yeah interesting um and I I just started drinking oat milk instead of milk and it's so much better and it it even is, has more calcium, which I didn't understand. Yeah, I actually like having a, a kid who I'm now raising vegan like has caused me to do a lot of research too to make sure he's getting everything he needs. And he drinks pea milk, okay, which like sounds kind of gross, but it actually has the same amount of protein as cow's milk and 50% more calcium. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and it's, it's made from just too. peas. <laughs> so <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, there's so many alternatives now and so many easy ways to get all of those nutrients. Yeah, totally. And I think you kind of covered it, but like, what were some of like your favorite recipes or meals that you found because of this journey? I feel like like tofu for sure. I think yeah. I was I when I first went vegan, I was like, mm, tofu's gross. But now I, I eat it every day. Mm-hmm. And cashews are like the most underrated food ever. You can make all kinds of vegan cheese with cashews. Oh, interesting. Like mac and cheese sauces, like we just made lasagna the other night and you can make cashew ricotta. It's just like, it kind of forces you to be creative and try new things. And it just like makes, it kind of like forces you to to make new and interesting things and like have fun with spices and stuff like that. Yeah, because I think when people think about vegetarian or vegan it doesn't like they meet they think about just eating salads every day but that's not true like you right. can like you could eat a peanut butter and jelly and that and that's vegan you know and that would be a sustainable option like mm-hmm. yeah cool um and then what would you recommend to people that want to eat more sustainably i feel like like meatless mondays is kind of like a well-known thing and i know mm-hmm. a lot of schools are starting to do that with the cafeterias so i think that's a great option like picking a day of the week to stop eating meat or even just pick like one meal of the day that you always eat mm-hmm. free animal products is a really great start and just making sure you're replacing the animal products with something else equivalent to that because I think that's a big problem when people go vegan they just take out the meat but they don't replace it with like mm-hmm. beans or tofu or something and then they feel unsatisfied right. so making sure 
that like you're still satisfied with your foods and um, also eating what's in season. I think for produce people don't realize like the environmental impact of having to ship food overseas when it's not being grown in like the climate you live in. So for example, it's fall. So like apples and grapes and squashes and stuff like eating foods that don't have to be flown all over in airplanes causing pollution is like an incredible way to eat more sustainably. Yeah. Just like eating eating locally. Yeah. Go to your farmer's market or whatever. Yeah. Um, And then the last question I have for you is, have you noticed any positive or negative effects by not eating animal products? Yeah. When I first went vegan, definitely like my skin cleared up for sure. I know like a lot of people experience when they stop eating dairy that their skin clears up. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had so much energy. Like it was almost annoying. I felt like I never had to sleep. (laughs) Interesting. That's a good thing. (laughs) Which isn't the case necessarily anymore. But my, like my dad went vegan for a period of time and he called me and he was like, I was up at four o'clock this morning. Like when your body's not used to getting all of that fiber and water and nutrients, just like you feel like a superhero. <laughs> I don't even need coffee, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, now it's, I mean, definitely like clear skin, higher energy and just like not feeling blah after I eat. Like when you eat a big like steak dinner or something, you just have to lay on the couch. But if you yeah. eat uh, like food that's really full of plants and whole foods, it just like, it just feel good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, what do you look for? Like when you go to a grocery store, like what is like, what are the main, like, are there brands you look for or are there certain like ingredients you look for? Um, definitely. Like we try to focus on eating as little processed as possible. Mm-hmm. So like trying to eat as much food that doesn't have an ingredients list going to the yeah. produce section. Um, and we eat, we eat so much like rice, pasta. A lot of people don't realize that pasta and bread and that sort of thing is mm-hmm vegan most of the time so trying to look for things that aren't wrapped in plastic and don't have a long ingredient list yeah totally cool well is there anything else you'd like to say before we log off uh i think just for anybody that's thinking about going vegan or even trying it just like you don't have to be perfect don't be hard on yourself if you even just eat one vegan meal a week like you're making an impact by not eating one burger you're saving so much saving lives, saving water, saving so yeah. much. So just like, just because you're one person doesn't mean you can't make an impact. So just do whatever little thing that you can and feel good about that. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you for coming on and telling us all these things. Yeah, thanks great. for having me. Of course, really interesting. <laughs>